Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this year's show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number six, Traveling Smarter. You're back, and so are we, uh, the co-hosts of the, would you say, world-renowned Becoming Better podcast, or would you just say podcast? Let's just go with podcast. Let's just go with podcast for now. Um, so, In the workshops and the interviews that I give, something that invariably comes up is traveling smarter. And so I travel around 50, 60% of the time bouncing between uh, planes and trains and automobiles and hotel rooms. I'm essentially, essentially like a Superman who travels quite a bit. Would very you say that? Very humble Superman, I see. No, oh, I, I would just say Superman. But if you want to say very humble Superman, that's okay too. Oh, um, no. and, and given that I write about productivity for a living, as you can probably imagine, I get asked quite a bit how we can stay more productive on the road. And so that is what this episode is about. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, it's all about travel, travel all the time, this episode. And I'm joined by somebody in my life who also travels a lot. Her name is Arden Nordstrom. Um, and it's perfect timing for this episode, actually, because you're between trips right now. I am. I just got back from two weeks in Zimbabwe. And I've been home for three days and I'm leaving tomorrow for Alberta, which is Western Canada for those who aren't in Canada. So I will be there for another three weeks to go to a conference, see some family, and then also to help teach a course. So it's a, a little bit of a quick turnaround for me and about eight different time zones in a week. So, do you do this to get away from me or what, what's the, the impetus behind all the travel? I don't know. I mean, you just said you travel 50 to 60% of the time. So it might be you getting away from me, but Maybe either way. Maybe there's a deeper systemic problem that we need to figure out in this episode of the world-renowned podcast Becoming Better, which is the fact that we're just trying to avoid each other through all the travel. Yep. Two ships in the night. That's us. That's us. Pa- what's, what's the song passing like? Is that a Frank Sinatra Reference? I don't know. All I can think of is the Matt Kearney song, Ships in the Night. I think strangers that's what it's called. In the, isn't that a song? Strangers in the Night? Passing by like strangers? Honestly, I have no idea. I if, can't if, remember. If I'm terrible sin- at song lyrics. If any Sinatra fans are listening to this episode, you'll have to get in touch, as always, to provide feedback. Uh, Chris at a life of com. But we should probably focus mm-hmm. on the content of this week's episode, which is in the Google sheet before us. Uh, we've divided essentially this the, the tactics that we both use to travel more intelligently into a couple different sections. Uh, first, planning ahead, but second, the actual travel. Then maybe if we have a bit of time at the end, we can talk about a little bit about being away and how we can manage that. Yeah, um, I think that's actually really important because... You, I know in the intro you kind of mentioned being productive and while you travel, but it's also about making sure travel doesn't totally disrupt all of your good habits when you're back home, right? So being away a lot, it's easy to kind of go all out and let everything hit the fan and not come back to a normal life back Thank you home. for keeping the clean rating there. <laughs> you're most welcome. <laughs> so planning ahead, uh, it, we can kind of divide that into a few different strategies that we like to use. Um, so there's kind of the stuff, the, the preparation in terms of the packing lists and downloading things, but also 
the the things that you can have, such as a good credit card, good luggage, um, that that you can use on the trip itself. Uh, so, what what kind of stuff do you like to download before a big trip? So, I, I'm I think it's very easy to automatically say just download a whole bunch of stuff on Netflix. It's great that Netflix has all this stuff available offline, but that's a really big waste of a lot of uninterrupted time. So what I like to make sure I have is all of, so a lot of my work is online, but I like to make some version of it available offline so that I can actually work while I'm on the plane or in transit without having to worry about my internet connection. But I also like to download things like podcasts, especially for long flights. There's one podcast in particular that I always download right before trips. Becoming better. I mean, no, it's, I mean, the reason my next sentence is to make my myself fall asleep on oh. planes. So definitely not becoming better. But I do download podcasts because it helps me fall asleep when I'm on a plane. You know, we, we have enough downloads for this podcast that I would wager a guess there is somebody right now trying to fall asleep to our on voices. A plane? Yeah, on a plane maybe, maybe not on maybe. a plane. Yeah, well, I hope you rest uh, rest soundly tonight. We're talking you. to you, yeah. Tim. Anyway, skipping right along, but yeah, usually just audiobooks, podcasts. I try to avoid downloading movies and things like that just to kind of nudge me into doing things that I actually want to do on a plane rather well, than just watching an entire season of a show. That's the thing, because your mind will always want to do what's easiest, right? And so if you have a whole season of Sex in the City downloaded, you'll just watch it, chances are. Exactly. Um, just, but so, if I have a whole bunch of books downloaded, I'll also do that. So I yeah. try to make sure I, I, I prepare myself to have good stuff downloaded. Yeah. So have this is something that I always do as well. Having a few things that I can easily jump into on the road. So I save up a few of my favorite podcasts. If there's an audiobook that I've been meaning to dig into, I'll, I'll wait until I hit the road. And so it's kind of a reward for doing that travel. There's an app that I use called, called Instapaper, which lets you save any article online for later reading. And it strips all the images, all the ads, so it's just a pure reading experience. And I save all of those articles as well uh, for the trip. And so that there's a bit of a treat, a reward for the travel. Because that, that's another thing. Travel is sometimes stressful. You're always worried about the next train, the next plane, the next automobile that you have to be in. But having something to fall back on, that's kind of a reward. So you can slow down, you can process information. You don't necessarily have to stay connected. Yeah. And I mean, this is all very digital stuff to prepare for. But there's a lot of other like physical prep that you should be doing with like pack lists. Yeah. And, and in general, like what kind of things you want to pack that don't necessarily sit on a computer, right? Yeah, so, th this is something that I love doing before any trip. I, there's an app called Text Expander, which is available, I I at least in my head, only for the Mac and for iOS. But essentially, you type in a little snippet of words. And so mine is P-Packlist. So whenever I type the letters P-Packlist altogether, which I'll never type outside of typing a pack list, it automatically expands that little snippet of text wherever I am. I usually open up a, a new Word document and type that letter. And then it pops up a little window. How many days are you traveling for? And I have this snippet coded to insert that number in front of different items that I'm packing. And so if I'm traveling for four days, uh, I'll type in four and then it'll automatically say pack four pairs of underwear, four pairs of socks, four this, four that. And then 
then you go in and you just delete the items on that pack list that you're not going to use. And if you don't want to get that fancy, you can just use a note. That, that yeah. also works. And that's what I do in my note. I just, as I have basically a pack list for if I'm going away for um, a weekend in the country. So if I'm not leaving very far or if I'm just staying in the country or if I'm going abroad um, where the pack things are kind of different or if I'm going for work versus yeah. fun. And I have four different lists for all of those different categories. And within those lists, it just says, and time or like x times whatever number of days i'm away so yeah. it just you adjust on the fly you don't need it's, to get all fancy no, you don't need to it, get all you? fancy notes are good but packing lists are great because then I, I hate packing so if i can do it the morning of my trip i always do i do it the yeah. very last possible second but a pack list set in advance with things added for each trip kind of on an ongoing basis that lets you kind of really limit how much time you spend packing and make sure you don't forget anything And I think the key there is on the list, have every possible thing that you could ever want to bring on any trip ever. Because you can always delete the things on the list, but the odd time that you need a a travel belt to keep your money in, the odd time that you need to bring, say, your Nintendo Switch to plug into a a TV to play games with family, you'll remember. And and, and so it it won't slip through the cracks. I've calculated that it takes me uh, 20 to 30 minutes from the time that I expand that little snippet of text to the time that I'm finished packing. And so it's not this drawn-out process that requires so much thought and stress. And so you get to settle into the rhythm of travel. Yeah, having a good, solid list you can trust in the back in your back pocket all the time is just an absolute necessity if you well, do any kind of regular travel. Well, one question that I have for you, because you move across time zones quite a bit. Um, I'm usually moving across two or three time zones, so it's, it's negligible. It's as if you're going to bed at 10 p.m. instead of midnight. You don't really feel it. But you go to Zimbabwe and back quite a bit. Uh, you travel overseas and back quite a bit. How do you juggle those time zones? You don't seem to struggle from this energy drain that so many people do after. I don't know what it is. So maybe I've just figured out the system to dealing with um, time change. But I think this, these are, so my, my tips here are definitely not totally new, I think. Um, but they definitely work really, really well. Or at least for me, they seem to work well. Um, and so what normally I try to kind of shift my wake up and fall asleep time just an hour or two before the couple days before I leave, just so it's a little less jarring. So if so I'm you're leaving, not one of these people that wakes up at four a.m. or three a.m. to. I mean, I am. I mean, I mean, I already get up at five. So I, I mean, yeah. I'm and I'm going to Alberta in a couple of days, which is only two hours different. But I'm already like this morning. I woke up at six instead of five. I noticed. So I had a little bit later a sleep in, which I basically I just don't want to be getting up at three a.m. when I'm in Alberta. So. It, you just shift it a little bit in advance. But then the big thing I do is as soon as I start traveling, I only eat and sleep on a schedule that is consistent with the place I'm going. So nothing drives me crazier than seeing everybody on a transatlantic flight eating the second they get on a plane that's going to Europe, but it's leaving at midnight You would or at, or at <laughs> 11 p.m. You would never be eating at four or five in the morning um, in Europe, but that's where you're going. Well, and it, just because I, you, I might, but... Well, you might, but I, I mean, if you're trying to get on a time zone, I think eating at the right time is just a huge part of that. So just on this last trip, for example, on my flight from uh, Zurich back to Toronto, uh, we got on the plane at 9 a.m. Zurich time and meals were served at 9.30 or 10 and people were eating and that's only 3 a.m. in a, in, in Canada. <laughs> and that is just never a time that I would be eating. So I opted out for that meal and I actually just immediately went to sleep to try to get a little bit more sleep 
on that flight so that when I wake up, I'm kind of aligned with the, with the time zone in Canada. So I think kind of immediately, as soon as you start traveling, just get your mind into the place that you're going and only eat and sleep in a time that would be kind of appropriate or within your normal schedule there. Is there a cutoff that you use? So if you're going for two days, you don't do this, but if you're going for a week, you do. Yeah. So if I'm going for a, I think a week would kind of be me kind of be my my limit i think if you're really it really depends what you're doing if you're just going to spend a weekend in manchester and it's really not that urgent that you get on a time zone and you're really just relaxed i don't really stress it that much but if i'm going for work for two weeks i i definitely spend a lot more effort in getting on the time zone and i think another really big thing here is really leaning into when you're going to be tired so For example, I think a lot of people are just kind of, they let themselves be exhausted from jet lag for a week, which makes no sense because if you just kind of lean into that, that exhaustion on the very first day, I think you can actually kind of speed up the adjustment process where Hmm. if you just stay up really, really late the first day or make yourself stay up a couple extra hours so that you are a little bit more aligned with the time zone, if you do that and go to bed at a regular hour your first night in your destination, even if it's just a few hours different, I think doubling down and being really tired just once is definitely better than being a little tired for your entire trip. What about moving east to west? East to West, I think this totally holds there too, right? So, I mean, and for for there, you're already, you're going to be more tired. So coming back here, for example, right now, it's it's late in the evening in in Africa. um, And it's, I'm getting a little sleepy or I would be getting a little sleepy. I I guess this was only more true a couple days ago, but I would, I was getting a little tired, but I just kind of powered through it and and went to bed a little later than I would naturally want to. Yeah, one one little tip for when you're tired is, use that opportunity to do some creative work. And and so our minds, when when we have more energy, it's easier to focus on uh, on things because you just have more energy to bring to what you're doing. But when you have less energy, your mind is a bit less inhibited. And and so thoughts are more free-flowing and more ideas are more likely to come to the surface because you don't hold anything back. And so if you have some creative work when you're really tired, maybe even skip that cup of coffee so that doesn't interfere with your bedtime, you're extra tired to go to sleep so that you can wake up with a good amount of energy the following morning. But do some creative work, do some brainstorming, do some long-term planning because you'll be better at it simply than you might when you have that cup of coffee and you do that creative work. Uh, what One other thing, I have a question for you, Arden Nordstrom co-host of the podcast being full named all right yes what is the maximum that you would pay for a credit card every year me yes zero personally zero Zero. dollars and i feel maybe 75 because i think that would get me that would would be cheaper than lounge access and heathrow (laughs) once yes i I'm definitely not as willing. My willingness to pay for things like this is much lower than yours. So yes, because I'm on the road so much and it's usually for, for business and I have this credit card and I think travel credit cards are one of the best ways to travel smarter if you travel more than a couple of times every year. And so I happen to have uh, an American Express platinum card, which I don't say as a breaking point because anybody on the planet can get it. If they pay, $500 $500 a year. But you're, sh- you're shaking your head. I, but, I, I just can't believe you pay this much money for a credit card. But, but hear this. Hear, hear this. Whenever you stay at a Marriott property, you get a free 
room upgrade. Whenever you go to an airport, you have free access to the lounges. Uh, Whenever you uh, travel, you have free, uh, you know, memberships and, you know, rental car programs that give you a higher class of vehicle. Uh, You get free travel insurance. And so when you add these up each and every time, when you add up the cost of a room upgrade, which can sometimes be a couple hundred dollars, when you add up the lounge access, which you were just saying could cost $50, $75 each time, Uh, when you add up the cost of the membership and the programs of free travel insurance, which might be $50, $60 every single trip, it does add up if you travel enough to equal a value that is greater than what you would pay a la carte for these types of services. And you travel with the peace of mind knowing that if you're at an airport, you can find a place to sit that is quiet, that you can do some work, you're buying back some of your productivity. So you're not sitting in a busy airport terminal where they have those iPads in front of every screen seemingly these days. Those are definitely the worst. Those are the worst thing to ever happen to airports. But, you know, you pay, uh, you can pay for this stuff out of pocket if you don't travel that often. But... If you do travel often, it's worth considering. You don't have to get the $500 card as well. And I, so I think that's great. Uh, I, I also do think this is definitely something you and I will probably always disagree on where I am. <laughs> I'm really not willing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable just hanging out in the normal areas in an airport unless I have a 13-hour layover or something like that. Yeah. Where uh, on this last trip to Zim, we had, I, had, I did have a 13-hour layover in Munich. And I did get a a pass for one of the lounges there, mostly for the shower and the day bed, because being able to shower on a 48-hour trip is amazing, and it makes you feel a little bit more human in the process. And and even just getting a little bit of a nap in the day bed that they had there and having some good tea and food, uh, it probably actually saved me money versus the three meals or two meals I would have had to buy there. So I, I think... Lounge access for me is always kind of an ad hoc thing where I only do it as needed. And even though I do travel a lot, I would never get one of these cards because I think for me, getting a room upgrade is just not something I value. Um, But the lounge access is something I kind of debate on a trip by trip basis. So on the way home, I didn't get any lounge access anywhere because my trip was shorter. My layovers were shorter. And I really don't mind hanging out in in the normal space. I have Bose headphones and I can just kind of, but yeah, I I don't, I normally don't have too much trouble adjusting into um, just whatever space I'm in. So I think the credit card is wonderful if those are things that you want, but yeah. these are all things you can buy on a trip by trip basis. So yeah. for me, it doesn't make any sense. And not every credit card costs five hundred dollars. And that, you know, that's true too. The, yeah. the MX, some of but them cost one or two hundred. But for you, you travel so much; it's just a no brainer. What one app uh, and um, that that's worth using uh, is Lounge Buddy. And, and so, if you want to find a lounge at an airport, you haven't really attended a lounge before. Maybe you've gone to one once, one time. This is an app you can plug in. Uh, okay, I'm willing to pay for a lounge. Um, I have this this credit card. I have this reward program, and it'll show you which which lounge you have access to and how much it is. And it shows you even if you don't have those kinds of access, it'll show you what every lounge is. So, for example, in the Johannesburg Airport, it'll show you which ones are not smoke friendly, which mm, for me was really great. Yeah. Um, it'll also show you which ones have showers. It'll show you which ones have uh, different kinds of food and Wi-Fi access and how long the access is. So. In Munich, the one of them only had two-hour availability, so you could only be there for two hours when I have oh. a 13-hour layover. So there's all sorts of really good details. Even yeah. if you don't have access to these things, it'll tell you which one to pick. So we're packed. We've made it to the airport. We're in the lounge. We're about to get on the plane. 
What kind of stuff do you like to bring with you on on the plane itself? So I think an absolute no-brainer for this is if, if it's an overnight flight. Uh, I'll focus on the overnight because I think on a day flight, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Most people just bring... I, again, I really do recommend bringing a book and or bringing something that you actually want to work on instead of just watching movies and more episodes of The Big Bang Theory, which they always seem to have on on planes. Every single plane. I know. I don't know what it is. I mean, great show, but... Every plane. Anyway, so if you if you are on a plane, I think finding things that are you actually want to spend your time on, you almost never get that much uninterrupted time available to you. Just and, to think. And it's just wasting it just seems like such a huge over, oversight. So um, I think making sure you bring stuff that you can do on the plane, whether it's a book, whether it's some kind of TED Talk. I mean, TED Talks you can download there's offline. There's a TED app. Yeah, there's a TED app that you can download offline, which is great. So what a wonderful things, way to spend a few hours I just know. consuming ideas and thinking about them and mm-hmm. thinking long term. And even if you bring, so we bring crib boards when we travel together. If mm-hmm. you're bringing, if you're traveling with cribbage, a partner. Uh, cribbage boards cribbage being a card boards. game. Sorry, yeah. it's a card game that we love. And <laughs> I mean, but bringing something like that with somebody that you're traveling with is a good way to spend time with that person while you're traveling. So, uh, but I think an absolute, so even when I was a student, I definitely invested in buying good Bose headphones, the noise canceling headphones. And I struggled with buying those for so long because they're, they're not inexpensive. They're about $300. And I really struggled with spending that much money on something that I wasn't sure I would use. And looking back, I don't regret that at all. I think they're the best investment I've ever made for traveling, even for quick trips on the train to Ottawa or Toronto, which is only about two hours. You get the odd person that likes to talk the whole way. It's just nice to be able to kind of tune that out. And especially for even just for your headaches, kind of to avoid them from from all the ambient sound that are associated with traveling. So having noise canceling headphones or even just earplugs. And these are... 10 cents at any pharmacy for the really good expanding head or earplugs. And you can usually get them at the airport too. So earplugs are an absolute essential for any kind of travel that involves sound. I think, and most, I also, most methods do involve sound. I mean, sound. maybe you're in a Tesla. Life involves sound. Maybe yeah, you're maybe. traveling across the country in a Tesla. I don't know. Maybe. And if you are that person, then I mean, you probably don't need headphones. You. So, um, but that, and I'm very jealous, but and t- on a, Top of the noise-canceling headphones, I know we both um, love, we have eye masks that are completely light-blocking, which are really, really helpful for overnight flights or or flights that aren't overnight, but you're on a different time zone and you want to pretend it's overnight. Yeah. So that's definitely, that was me this weekend. And for <laughs> so I don't know if this is everybody's problem, but I know I get really cold on airplanes to a point where I can't think about anything else sometimes. So bringing extra clothes for me is just not even something I would reconsider. So I always bring an extra pair of sweatpants, um, an extra sweater, a scarf, which is kind of great because it's so versatile. I can use it for an accessory on my trip, but I can also use it kind of as a blanket. Um, And I also bring a hat and extra uh, socks. So I'm basically, I'm like an Eskimo. I'm so bundled up when I'm on a a plane. So if you're ever walking down the aisle of an airplane and you see somebody, she's watching TED Talks, she has Bose headphones on and a massive winter coat. Uh, And you can only see like my eyes. You can only see her eyes. She looks like the Michelin man because she's bundled up so intensely. That's Arden Nordstrom. You you should say hello. Yeah, that would probably be me. (laughs) The last time I actually had a blanket entirely wrapped around my head and it was like I had to... uh, dig myself out every time somebody bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. There, there isn't much I'd really add to, to the whole plane experience.
experience. Noise canceling headphones, something I could not travel without. Bose makes some incredible ones. Sony makes some really, really good ones as well. Uh, it, when you're checking into your flight, Seat Guru. Is a website that I'd highly recommend. It shows you a map of the airplane that you're about to travel on. You can type in your flight route and it'll say, when you check in, choose these seats, but don't choose this one because that one's really cold. Or don't choose this one because there's no window there. Um, and, and so it's a great way to identify good seats. I like to, uh, I kind of choose one airline that I like to travel on. It's a Starlines airline. So I like to choose Starlines airline partners when I'm traveling internationally. That's Air Canada though. Um, and so it's helpful to double down if you travel quite a bit on one airline. Uh, because you get more points, you get status upgrades, you get to board earlier as well. And the credit card can help you with that as well. Uh, so you've made it past the flight to the hotel. Uh, well, one thing that I highly, highly recommend once you get there, this I didn't know when I bought this thing that it would, it, I would use it so, so much, but I never travel without it. And that's a little Bluetooth speaker. Um, it's called the UE Boom. Uh, UE stands for Ultimate Ears. And it's one of the best things that I ever travel with. I, I immediately miss it when I don't have it. I use it to listen to music while I'm ironing clothes, which is the most boring thing imaginable, uh, which is why I like to travel with a steamer instead of um, having to iron things while I'm there. Um, I, I use it to listen to podcasts and audiobooks while I'm just kind of um, tired after a day of giving a workshop or a talk. And so when you're at that hotel, um, I, I highly recommend traveling with a Bluetooth speaker. And if you're too lazy to iron stuff, something that works really, really well that I learned from you, Arden, is to take extra long showers or baths. And when you're in there... Long and hot. Long and hot. Don't take a cold ice bath when you're, when you're uh, traveling. And just hang your clothes up in the bathroom because the steam... We'll iron the clothes for you automatically, and you may not need to iron after all. Yeah. No, it's a super handy trick, and it won't work for everything, but it does help with some of the little wrinkles in your clothes. So let me ask you a question. How do you, with you traveling about half of the time, that's pretty disruptive. I, I, I don't really know how you do this, actually. So how do you get around letting this disrupt all of your habits? Well, the trick is to have a partner who will let you be a ship in the night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it, it's, I, I think it's to normalize the travel and introduce a few elements into that travel that make it feel like you're at home. And so that's why I love the Bluetooth speaker so much. Is At home here, we have music playing all, almost 95, 100% of the time. Uh, if it's just piano music, it's something that simple, whether it's a podcast, whether it's uh, a book that we're listening to together. Um, you know, I know you bring tea and, and snacks for this very reason oh, yeah. because you're a tea addict and, and it helps you feel at home. But just simply sticking with the rituals that you have. You know, that travel is something that is so easy to plan around ahead of time. But once you're in the middle of it, it's nearly impossible to try to live the same life that you usually do. So uh, whether it's scheduling exercise time every single day, whether it's finding a couple of restaurants in advance so you can eat normally or checking out some healthy meal options ahead of time, um, you know, calling your loved ones. We, we call each other when we travel every single day. Sometimes we talk for a couple of hours just to, to feel at home when we're apart. And so these are some strategies that, that I use to feel more at home because this is a simple fact of the matter, matter is travel is tiring for this reason. You know, it's tiring because it's a disruption in the true sense of the term because all your habits are gone. 
all your routines are gone. And so trying to uh, hang on to a few things that help you maintain some semblance of normalcy is uh, vital, I think. I think, yeah, for eating especially, I think this is such a big one because I, I mean, and I, and this doesn't hold for every trip, of course, because if you're traveling for fun or just amusement, it's definitely important to go and splurge and and really embrace that in, in that experience. Yeah. But, but if you're traveling for work or if you're traveling for a really long time, you can't having an entirely disruptive routine with your eating schedule and we'll just throw everything out of whack when you get back home. And that's, that's it's really discouraging. I think, especially for me, this is something I've taken a long time to learn, but having some good routines when I'm traveling to eat well and, and make sure I find places that are going to be allow for that is, is really important. All right. So I guess we're wrapping up now. Eh? Yeah, we're wrapping up. If you want a few things to try, uh, you know, I, I feel we gave quite a bit in this here episode of Becoming Better. Uh, but plan ahead. Anticipate obstacles. They're so much easier to plan for ahead of time before they come up. Uh, set up a few systems for travel, a packing system, uh, a system where you choose a few things to consume each trip. Have a default packing list and double down on spending your time with intention when you travel. Because if you travel a lot, it's a lot of time to waste that you could be using to slow down and become more creative. And even if you don't travel a lot, it's just a really good opportunity to get a little bit more out of the time that you are traveling, right? Yeah, so. which is what this this podcast is all about. And so becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. If you haven't already, you can rate and review the show. It helps more people find it. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that has already done so. And we both hope you have a wonderful week. We will see you in a couple of Tuesdays. <laughs>